Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Happy 2021, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. A couple weeks off. We're back. Uh, it's going to be a good year. It is. And I hope that all of you are doing really well on your resolutions. <laughs> yes. My resolution is to talk about Disney, so I'm succeeding. Yes, exactly. I think we're going to Disney better this year. Yep. We actually have a, we have a good episode coming up in a few weeks. We're going to be interviewing Tony Bancroft. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be interviewing him coming up this week, so that will be out in a few weeks. But we interviewed his brother, Tom Bancroft, last year. So go check out that interview if you have not listened to that. So we're going to be interviewing Tony. Very excited. Have both I, of the Bancroft brothers. I'm really worried about my ability to maintain um, my composure. Because he was supervising animator on Pumbaa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know he has a lot of really good information on The Lion King, so I'm really... Um, trying to kind of rein that in and like i don't even know i i just don't know i don't know whenever i get on the phone or like when we get on that call with him what my emotions are going to do definitely and if you have a question you would like us to ask him uh head over to our uh facebook page enchanted ears and send us a message on facebook and, and let us know if you have a question that you'd like us to ask tony all right um so today we're going to be discussing our Magic Kingdom attraction power rankings. So I think this is a, hopefully this works out well. This could become a new series that we do. We go through each of the parks and do like a top five power rankings um, for <laughs> attractions. So we're going to be doing that. But, you know, we've been off a couple of weeks. So I just want to kind of touch on some Disney news, some, some things that happened over the holidays. So I think one of the big things is January 1st, park hopping came back to, uh, to Walt Disney World. And from what I can tell availability has been pretty good you know we talked a little bit before the holidays about you know how the parks had to have availability for you to park hop so you still have to make a park reservation for whatever park you want to go to the first day but then at two o'clock you can park hop and you can park hop to multiple parks which was one of the things i wasn't sure about because mm -hmm. i have seen people yeah. going to three or four parks in a day so after two you can kind of go wherever you want as long as there's availability and then i have heard some rumors that people are saying like Disney has bumped capacity up a little bit again to account for park hopping because it seems to be that there are some d different Disney sites and things are reporting that like same day park reservations are av available more often. And it doesn't seem like with park hopping, they've really closed any of the parks. Like nobody's reached capacity, I guess with people leaving one park and going to another. So it seems like at least for now, all the parks are pretty much open for park hopping. Like it doesn't seem like stuff is shut down. And again, I think it's a slower time. I'm sure like when spring break happens, yeah. parks will, will hit some capacity, but I think that's a good sign that you're able to pretty much kind of park hop, you know, as you normally would. I think one of the things I was concerned about is if I buy park hopping, it can only get to one other park. It's not worth it, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Yeah. I, I mean, it is really, I, I my whole, outlook on park hopping since we went still is kind of a little bit different like i think that you should try to spend as much time in one park as you can it, it was you know it was kind of a godsend not being able to go from one park to the next and actually just taking the time to be present in one park and appreciate everything that's there so, yeah that was that was one of our I think our biggest takeaways from our recent trip and if, if you haven't heard that episode uh that was the one we did right before our our holiday break uh, just kind of giving our, our trip recap and just kind of going over pretty much day to day, just walk through, hey, what happened, whether it was good or bad, just kind of, you know, outlining it for people. And I think that was one of our biggest takeaways is that not being able to park hop really wasn't that big of a 
of a deterrent, really. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to go to a ride and ride that same ride over and over and over again throughout your stay, since we didn't want to do that because we go to the parks enough, um, you know, that was, we didn't, we didn't really miss it. Yeah. I think I would still want to do park hopping though. I think I would still want that option going forward. I almost wish, and you probably could do it if you did like a split stay where you had some where you kind of did you booked two different stays and so you maybe had three tickets that you didn't pay the park hopping upgrade for and then maybe you did two days yeah. with park hopping i could see that now i know it's more expensive if you buy less days but i wonder how that works out because really there's still a few days like i think when you like when we went to hollywood studios we probably could have parked top that day or you know if you do two days at one if you're there for five days one of those days where you're going to one park twice you probably want to be able to park hop that day because you probably don't really need to spend two whole days at one park. You know, maybe you do, but, but not necessarily, you know, you could park up between like Hollywood studios and Epcot or, you know, Epcot and, and animal kingdom, something like that. So I think there's still some value in it, but I, yeah, I would almost like to be able to say, I only need one or two days of park hopping out of my, you know, four or five days that I'm there. I don't necessarily need to park hop. I think every, every day. day now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So in another piece of Disney news, according to the Diz Insider, there's a rumor that the West End version of Aladdin may be coming to Disney Plus by the end of 2021. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. It's kind of like what they did with Hamilton, where they filmed a performance of it. Now, this is, yeah, the West End version, not the, not the one that was on Broadway. But I think this is great. I mean, Aladdin was a great musical. We did not see it on Broadway. We saw it, uh, one of the touring productions of it. But it was phenomenal, and I think the more people that can see this, the better. Yeah, I can only imagine the grandeur of this one, considering that this is, you know, the West End version. So this is London's version of what we saw, essentially. Essentially and, London's Broadway. Right, really. right. And But it is, the show is such an incredible show. I think when we did our rankings of the different Disney musicals, I think I might have ranked it as number it's one or two. One or two. Yeah. I think I might have ranked Lion King above it, but it I think is it changes by very the close. I think the plot hole in the Aladdin version is a little hard, but the, the number and the spectacle of the whole thing was incredible. Yeah. I almost think this is a great idea on, on Disney's part that I, I think they should film all of their musicals and put them on Disney plus like they've already announced frozen's not coming back to Broadway whenever Broadway That's a shame. Yeah, eventually reopens. But I think it would have been great if they would have filmed one of those performances. And, and it's going to do a national tour, so maybe they can, or maybe it comes back to Broadway or Chicago eventually. But I really think, you know, a lot of people aren't able to go see these performances all the right. time. But I, I also think there's a lot of people that if you saw it on film, if you saw it on Disney Plus, you would go, like especially Aladdin. I think if you watch this, you would go, I now need to buy a ticket and I need to go see this in person. Like I think a lot of times people. Who, who put on these these Broadway shows are hesitant to kind of give them away in yeah. mass like that because they think, oh, now you don't need to go see it. But I think, especially Disney, these big spectacle ones that really resonate with Disney fans, if you saw it on Disney+, Plus, it's going to make you want to see it in person. And you're going to, I think, almost be more likely to buy a ticket like, I think I'm going to watch this on Disney+, Plus and be like, I need to go see this again. And it's going to drive me to actually want to go. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same effect that a concert, watching a concert on TV has for you. I mean, 
I've always been, <laughs> I remember when I was younger, you know, I'd have people buy me concert videos of like, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I loved Keith Urban. So they would buy me these things and I wouldn't watch them because I was like, oh, but you can't feel the music. You can't feel the experience of it. But it's still, I mean, watching it is at least some, a good way of getting some approximation of what it is like to be there. And then of course, going and seeing the real thing, it's going to go up a whole nother level. Yeah. And I think we've all learned with this pandemic that I mean, home theaters are pretty good. I mean, you know, with with the size of flat screen TVs and surround sound and things, I think that's why you see movie theaters struggling because I think people are realizing it's really not that bad to be at home, you know, watching some of this stuff. So, because uh, you know, a 60, 70 inch screen isn't isn't too shabby. Not like twenty years ago when the biggest screen was like twenty inches, you know. <laughs> so, all right. And the last thing we have Wandavision coming out on Friday. And Disney announced there's going to be nine episodes total. We actually get two episodes dropping this Friday, which is really exciting, which kind of leads me to believe that there may be some sort of like cliffhanger at the first one, or maybe the first episode is a little bit slower. Like they want to get two to kind of get you hooked in there. But early reviews have come out online. I think people have seen, I think three episodes is what they reviewed for the critics. And basically the initial reviews are, this is great. You know, it's it's unlike anything Marvel has done before that they're kind of taking a risk here. They really lean into the sitcom tropes, but they do it in a really like authentic way, and and it really adds to the story. And so it's a very interesting MCU tale. And I saw a lot of people praising Kevin Feige that hey, this is why Marvel's so great because of his leadership and his ability to take risks and kind of change things up and tell these stories where. You know, I think some of you know the other huge franchises struggle with that. That try to you know replicate what Marvel does. So I was really excited to begin with. I think I'm even more excited now, and, and I'm really excited we get two episodes because that's my biggest complaint about the Mandalorian <laughs> is you get one a week, and it, it's just it's so long week to week to wait. So I'm really excited that we get two right off the bat. Yeah, I think this. I mean, the the previews when they started, I was like, eh, this might be okay. But as we've gotten closer and closer to release date. The previews have gotten more and more intriguing. It definitely seems like there's a lot going on. We get to do some a lot of time travel travel and touch base with different eras. And of course, we're probably going to confront some of the, you know, the stereotypes, the different things going on during that era. And um, they're going to have to try to assimilate into that. And I think it'll be a really interesting interesting show uh it can be both kind of a social commentary as well as a you know just like a fun cool thing you know and i'm also excited about it because i think there's going to be a lot that uh, a lot of new stuff that marvel introduces in this i mean we already know wanda's going to be in the next doctor strange movie which is titled the multiverse of madness so i think we're going to get some more multiverse things you know there's rumors that we may see some X-Men show up or, you know, this is a way in the multiverse that they introduce some other characters. And I don't think they would be main players, but maybe we see glimpses of that, of things to come, you know, in, in the future Marvel movies. So I think there's a lot they can do with this show. And it's interesting to see what Marvel's going to be able to do when they have eight or nine episodes for something to play out and a right. little bit of a longer form content. And I'm interested in, in general, just to see what they do with Wanda. She, you know, they don't have Black Widow anymore, even though they have this Black Widow movie coming out, but she's technically dead. This is their opportunity to really develop that character and 
uh, I think that she has a lot of like potential to be lovable because if you think about Captain Marvel, there's something hollow. I I, I, I think I, she's going to be a big player. Yeah, there's forward. something she's missing be a big player. with Captain Marvel, and I think Wanda maybe has the ability to be more likable than they've been able to make Captain Marvel so yeah. far. Yeah, she's so powerful, and I think her connection is going to be very tied into this whole multiverse thing, which is I think where they're going in the next phase. Um, with these movies, and so I, I think Juan is going to play a big role, and I think this is going to kick off really interesting storylines. Yes. Very excited, very excited. So, mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into our main topic. So as we said, trying this out, power rankings. So we're going to do top five power rankings. We're starting with the Magic Kingdom, biggest park down in, down in Disney World, 50th anniversary. Like there should be a up sound this- effect there. Choop, choop, choop. <laughs> 50th, anniversary. <laughs> 50th anniversary is coming up uh, this year, starting in October. So we're going to do attractions. And attractions can be rides. They can be kind of stage shows. So I consider Country Bears Jamboree, Hall of Presents. I consider those attractions. Basically, anything that's not like a meet and greet or like a parade type thing, essentially, is kind of an attraction. Um, so Magic Kingdom definitely has the most attractions in the park. Um, so we'll be we'll be counting down. We'll go we'll go five to one. So I'll start if that's okay. Sure, go ahead. All right. So my number five uh, on my power rankings is Hall of Presidents, <laughs> and this is directly related to our most recent trip. We saw yes. the Hall of Presidents. I was really impressed by it. They have. Uh, you know, they've obviously updated it throughout the years. They have like a, a beautiful, sc- like 180 degree screen. Uh, the animatronics look really good. I, I was, for some reason, I was expecting like really old, like falling apart animatronics. But I think it's, I think it's a really good story. It's, it's a good show. It is, you know, I don't know, probably 11, 10, 11 minutes plus. Um, so it's a nice way to get out of the heat. You can kind of see, you know, as you're waiting, you get to see the presidential seal. That's actually the only presidential seal that is allowed to be outside of the White House that Disney has. So that's why they kind of have it roped off. So that, that's interesting. So I think it's just it's an interesting look in the history of the country. And I think it's really well done. And I think it we kind of talked about this, that, you know, Disney is almost at its best when it takes that blending of like historical educational with kind of that Disney magic fun. And so I think that's why Hall of Presidents for me is number five. All right. Interesting. Interesting choice there. So speaking of falling apart animatronics, uh, my number five is Country Bears Jamboree. Just you put ki- it that high. Just kidding. I was going to say, I don't think you liked it that much. Wow. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who love that. Um, no, but speaking of fun- falling apart animatronics, uh, mine is a- Splash Mountain. And okay. I like Splash Mountain not in that it is currently a fantastic ride. I like Sp- Splash Interesting. Mountain. Interesting. Okay. So yes. it's number five, but, but um, it's not fantastic. I do enjoy the the fall. I enjoy the fact that you get you can get wet. I think that that's very much needed in um It's a need of some love and attention. Right. It needs that love and attention. But once I think it's refurbished to be the princess and the frog, I think that they have so much area and space to really tell a beautiful, awesome story. The princess and the frog already is a great story. So I really look forward to seeing what they are able to do to make that ride just take it from you know a uh, geode and crack that open and just make it you know show everybody what it could be yeah I, I get what you're saying there. i mean splash mountain did not make my top five list but i understand what you're saying it is i mean it is a good ride it's a nice ride especially in the florida heat 
to kind of cool off. Yeah. And it's deceivingly long. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do think part of why I skip Splash Mountain a lot is because I kind of walk past and I go, oh, it's just like a, a, a short boat ride. You know, you kind of, you're just going up the hill and there's that long drop. But when you ride it, it you know, and again, we rode it on our, our most recent trip. I mean, it's like a eight to 10 minute long ride. I mean, there's a lot of show scenes there. There's a lot of, you know, mini kind of hills and drops. So there's, you know, there, there's excitement throughout. It's not just like a really like sleepy boat ride. Kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean can get a little bit. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean has a one fall, but for the most of it, you're just kind of slowly moving through. You know, Splash Mountain has some interesting things going on. But yeah, it definitely just, it, it needs a some love and attention as an update. But I, I, I get what you're saying. It is a good ride. So I think that's a, a decent pick for number five. Thank you very much. All right. So my number four moving up and also speaking of old animatronics. So I'm going Carousel of Progress. Oh and this gosh. is one where is is very frequently on animatronic <laughs> fails uh, where John is is having problems. But I, I really like the Carousel Progress. And again, it kind of see comments from number five of what I said of Hall of Presidents. Yeah, it's, I want to call you a nerd right now. Yeah, it's it is, you know, it's it's a it's an attraction that Disney worked on for the World's Fair. And again, it's just it it kind of showcases what Disney does best whenever they are being educational and entertaining in the same way. And I love the unique ride system where the show scenes are stationary and the theater you're in spins. I think that's a very interesting idea. I mean, they could have very easily just had you sit there, kind of like at the American Adventure, where the animatronics just come in and out throughout the show, like over in Epcot, yeah. the American Adventure Pavilion. But this is more interesting as you're spinning around, and it has that great Sherman Brothers song. It was a great big, beautiful tomorrow. So <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a great ride, I think because of the history of it, I think just because of the the novel way they present the information, the song. It's a solid ride. And it is a, a must-do at Magic Kingdom. So that's why I put it at number four. And I mean, you did you did forget that there's probably there's some sort of time de-aging war, technology. There. Yes. So if you ride the carousel of progress, chances are that you may actually benefit. I, I think I, I walked out six months younger. I, I think I, mean, I think is what happened. I, I no guarantees on this, you know, but I I think that yeah, maybe I came out a little a little younger. I was a little more well rested. I think if you rode that enough during your trip, you may actually be able to leave before you arrived at your trip. Ooh, think, think through that one. Strength <laughs> Me thinking about that throughout the rest of the episode. So if I sound off, that's why. All right, well, my number four, and don't tell my mother in law this is Peter Pan's flight. <laughs> All right, another another like classic attraction. So, you know, I always hated on this ride and I, we talked about this during our last episode, but we if you wait 45 minutes for this ride, it it's it's troublesome. It is not a 45 minute long, you know, wait ride, but it is a really fun ride. The miniatures in this ride are really appealing. It does feel like you are going through you know, uh, the skies in London and that you are above these different scenes. You get to be neck and neck with Captain Hook and Peter Pan fighting on the, fighting on the mast of the boat. Uh, it is really fun the way that they use kind of forced perspective and they use the neon paints to make things pop. I think it is a really solid, fun ride and it's short, but if you wait five minutes for it, it's really, uh, like I said, just a great ride. This is one of those ones that I would recommend 
you know, whatever, if you hit the park early, everyone's going to probably run right to seven dwarves or something. Go, go ride Peter Pan. Cause again, if you don't wait really long for it, you really can appreciate just how wonderful it is. Yeah, that's good. And, and again, Peter Pan was not on my top five list. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting. We kind of have different top five rankings here. I'm curious to see how much closer we get together when yeah, we get towards to the, one and towards two. The top. But Peter Pan definitely was on my list of like just missed. So I, I had a hard time. And it is kind of difficult when you're going through Magic Kingdom because I, I do think, you know, there's probably everybody has two or three that we can kind of all agree on are in the top five. And right. we'll, we'll probably be getting to them here yes. as we get to our top three. Yeah, I have a feeling it's about to get really boring because we're going to be like, oh, me too. But... <laughs> But there are so many other attractions that, like, when you look at the list, you go, oh, that one's really good. Like, I kind of, like, as I went down the list, I was like, okay, that one's, like, my number four. And then I would go to the next one and be like, well, wait, wait, now that one's my number four. And then and then it's like, okay, is this one better? And and you kind of do have that where there are just so many good attractions that it's hard to limit it to five. So Peter Pan was one of my ones that just missed. Uh, kind of a, a spoiler. So I don't have Small World in my top five at all. But I think that's a good one. I mean, I, I kind of struggle with that. I was like, should that be number five? See, but I was it, like, I, I kind of like the Hall of Presidents better. Uh, again, because Small World, it it can get a little bit repetitive. So just kind of being a little bit nitpicky there. If, if they had the, you know, Tokyo or Disneyland version in Disney World, I think that it could have bop, bumped into my top five. Yeah, and but even that, it it's it's still a bit repetitive but again it's hard if you get caught up looking for the characters and then it's different right agreed but yeah but there's just there's so many just like good attractions that that you could have in there so all right so my number three is big thunder mountain railroad so this is kind of getting to you know kind of the more exciting thrill-seeking attractions i think big thunder mountain is i think it's i think it's a good roller coaster i think it's, it's a solid ride i think it's better than seven dwarfs in terms of just the roller co- just the ride of it it's a longer ride yes seven dwarfs is, is very short but but the the theming is, is really well done it, it's it's really well themed it has a good backstory of this mining town with these ghost trains you know it's <laughs> it's the wildest ride in the wilderness um and it, it's a lot of fun and and there's different you know kind of vignettes you have three different lift hills there's like the dinosaur bones there's goats there's dynamite there's there's just a lot of stuff going on and i also like that it's a little bit different in each park that you go to which you know a lot of these like i mean i guess it's a small world's a little bit different but a lot of them are kind of like pretty much exact clones yeah. you know to a certain extent but i like that they're you know there's slightly different finales in them and everything so i i, I really enjoy uh big thunder mount railroad so that's what i have as number three in my power rankings all right, that's a good choice. Uh, my number three, another surprise, is the Enchanted Tiki Room. So interesting. Yeah, and so again, as I was looking through this, so I, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast where I love Magic Kingdom. The atmosphere in Magic Kingdom is wonderful, but as far as the rides go in Magic Kingdom, I'm not as into a lot of the rides that are there. So they're not as new. They're more of like the right. older original attractions. Right. And so that's kind of where a lot of my choices are though, if you notice, like the Peter Pan's flight and even and Splash I think those Mountain. Are the best. And I think that's why you go to Magic Kingdom. Right. And and so like when you look at the Enchanted Tiki Room, again, this isn't one that like pops to the top of your mind. It's not a thrill ride. You a lot of times can just walk straight into it, which is an advantage, of course. But 
you know, you, uh, this last time we went, we sat, I think in the back, we were in the very last row, right by the totem poles. And it was just really fun to watch the show unfold, be right there, right next to those totem poles as they were coming to life. Uh, there's just a lot of, it, it is like an interesting, it's like you're both getting transported into the past because, you know, they're not the newest, most up to date animatronics that there are. Um, you know, you're getting transported into the past there, but also it's like this really cool, fanciful world where, you know, you have these birds telling you a story and the flowers are singing and totem poles come to life. So yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of fun. And again, that's one that Walt worked on too. Right. I mean, again, that's kind of going back to the original ones. Um, and we are really pushing previous episodes hard this week, but check out our, our episode where we pitch attraction. We pitch movie ideas based on attractions. Because I pitch, I think, a pretty good movie based on the Enchanted Tiki Room. I'm just saying. Not mm-hmm. to pat myself on the back, but <laughs> yeah, we've uh, I think we've mentioned like four four previous episodes. So if you haven't picked up, go listen to our old episodes if you're new. <laughs> good plug. All right. So number two, I'm going Haunted Mansion. Oh, me too. Okay. All right. So, we, so, so we, yeah, we can we, do this together. We agree on number two. I mean, really... And there's a lot you can say about Haunted Mansion, but I almost feel like if you're a Disney fan and you just kind of say Haunted Mansion, people just get it. I mean, again, yeah. there's, it's so strange because if you think about it, it does not seem like a ride that is a must-do attraction. Okay, it's a, it's a slow omni-mover through a building and there's some ghosts. But there, there are just so many levels to it and I think it's become so an- analyzed now. It's almost like, you know, people, if you see like a video of like a Bigfoot, like people are like overanalyzing, is it really Bigfoot? Is it not? And like, they're looking at like every Let's little, look at the gate. Yeah, Let's every look little at... detail in it. And it's like, people do that. Like people go and, and like slow down the video to see all of the little Easter eggs in there. And I think that's just what adds to the rewritability of it. And it, it just, it just something magical really does happen in that ride. Well, I mean, I think I think that you're right. You know, whenever I wasn't a huge Disney fan, we at our local amusement park that we have nearby, we had a ride called Old Mill. And Old Mill was like this kind of creepy boat ride through kind of some, again, creepy scenes. So when I kind of almost saw them as one and the same, but didn't realize, again, the levels that there are at Haunted Mansion just go way, like the theming and everything go way above and beyond. And the one thing that we didn't talk about again, and we mentioned this in another episode, is the story behind the Haunted Mansion that like you go into this house for, with the happy haunts and then at the end, by the end, you are you die. Like you join the happy haunts and that's why they kind of go from this morose uh, to like kind of partying because you're with them now. Like it is a really interesting, intriguing ride that you're always going to see something different. And my number one, and I'm wondering if this is yours, is Space Mountain. It is indeed. So we, we agreed on, on one and two. And I Yay. think Space Mountain is probably a lot of people's number one. Right. And I do think that, you know, you and I, we have a lot of positive associations together. We tend to have a good time with between me laughing or screaming or you screaming and making me laugh. Like it's just things like that. I, it, it's just a, it's a fun ride. It's, it, it, I don't know. It's it just, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Again, I mean, Space Mountain is something that is more unique to Disney. I mean, sure, an indoor roller coaster in the dark, other amusement parks probably have, but 
but there is there, there is just something different about it, and it is. Um, it's like Disney a- puts its own spin on it with the theming and everything, and yeah, just being completely in the dark just makes it a lot of fun. It makes it, I think, more thrilling and exciting. Well, I mean, it is essentially, I think, two very popular types of roller coasters in one because you have, you know, the dark coaster where you can't quite see where you're going and that makes it more surprising. And it's also kind of like a wild mouse where the track kind of seems to twist and turn in ways that aren't really like normal or expected. So you have both of those elements layered on top of each other which makes it all the more enjoyable so i think that the ride itself and and it is interesting you know if you ride i didn't realize this but again if you ride in you're not in the front seat um and then you ride in the front seat there's a big difference i mean i actually felt kind of some true terror last time we rode it because i was in the front and I was literally thinking like, oh my gosh, am I going to like, I'm not going to get beheaded. I'm not that tall, but I don't know. It's I mean, just, nobody's going to get beheaded. Yes, exactly. There's plenty of space. I'm sh- like, and I, again, if you look at the ride video with the, the lights on or whatever, it's, it's fine, but it is still, you know, there's that it's unlike a lot of the other roller coasters in Disney where they're kind of tame. This one feels not. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so popular. And I think, you know, you can tell that it is popular by the fact that it's like in every Disney park. So Disney World yeah. has one. Disneyland has one. Hong Kong has one. Tokyo, Disneyland, Paris. They all have a Space Mountain. Shanghai is the only one without a Space Mountain, and that's because they have Tron. I mean, Tron is their Space Mountain. They, they decided to build Tron Light Cycle Run there instead of Space Mountain. So I think it just goes to show you how popular of a ride Space Mountain is. And I think because of the point you're saying, it's unexpected. You can't really tell where you're going to go. It's thrilling. I think almost, you know, every time you go on it, it's not like you can really get down which direction you're going to go because you can never really it, see where you're going. And it does feel, I think we, we talked about this in another episode that I think it, it goes like 41, I think, miles per hour-ish. At least 70. So, <laughs> but it feels like at least 70, yeah. 80 miles per hour. So it's just the illusion of the ride. Um, it's just, yeah, it's special. Yeah. And I think, again, it's hard to pick just five. I mean, a lot of, like I said, honorable mentions on my end. So, you know, Peter Pan just missed out for me. It's a small world. Seven Dwarfs, you know, Mind Train. I think a lot of people may pick that in their top five. Again, it didn't make the top five for me just because... It's, it's short. It's short, and there's there's yeah. one thrilling part, but that's just not enough, I think, to beat out some of these other attractions. And a lot me. of times, there's a really long wait for it. But I think the one thing about that ride, and this is why you know it almost made it into my top five, is I love the mechanic of the swiveling cars. I think that is really cool. How they are not fixed. How they sway from side yeah, to they side, s- yeah. they actually sway. So. Yeah, but then also, I mean, Mickey's Philhar Magic. Yeah, I think is is a great attraction. Yes. I think you know the the transit authority, the people mover. I mean, that's a fun ride. I mean, even though you're just sitting around for 15 minutes, sometimes that's the best ride in the world, especially after you've been walking all day. That could be great. I was going to say after the half marathon, that was my favorite ride. Yeah. So that I, would be my number one. I think you have a lot of them. And then I think when Tron opens up, I think Tron breaks into the top five pretty quickly. Oh yeah. I, I just, I just kind of have a feeling that it, you know, it's going to break in the top five. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of attractions. There's a lot of different ways you could go. We'd love to hear, what your top five 
power rankings are. So give us a shout out on Facebook, like we said, Enchanted Ears. You can also join our, our private Facebook group, the Enchanted Ears family. You can have some more lively discussions over, over the top <laughs> fives over there. So be sure to check um, both of those out as well. I want to thank everybody again for listening uh, week to week. We really appreciate it. Make sure you leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. It all really helps. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye.